It is yet another edition of What's Involved. I've got a very special guest on the line with me uh, at the moment. Um, and uh, the gentleman is, uh, I believe, celebrating today because, as you know, with this whole corona thing, we are busy. Uh, we, we're not in the studio. I'm not in the studio yet, so we do pre-record some things. Uh, but celebrating his birthday today, Solly Crock, how are you? I'm great. I'm blessed. I feel like a young man. Wonderful stuff. 91 years young today. Um, so, so from all of us and, and from Mix FM, we want to wish you a very, very happy birthday. Have you been having a good day so far? Big one. Have you been having a good day so far? Yes, so far. It was brilliant. As, as my family brought me a fancy cake, I should actually show fancy cake with a 91 uh -huh. on the top and the logo for keep the wolf from the keep the wolf from the door emblazoned on the cake. Maybe we'll have an opportunity. We can send you a picture of that later. That would be would be lovely. So not only is it your 91st birthday today, but we're also talking about uh, something that I came across in the news a couple of days ago. Um, and the fact that you are now wanting to raise 108 million rand to feed the hungry. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that uh, your venture is called Keep the Wolf from the Door because... It's actually, it's an expression I haven't heard for a very long time. And, it, and basically it means um, to, to, to keep hunger away. Am I correct? That's correct. That's correct. The, the, the wolf okay. typified hunger. Wonderful stuff. Now, Shelley, before we get into, into the project and, and the 108 million uh, uh, rand that you're planning to, to raise, um, for those who don't know, um, tell us a little bit about Solly Cock and then, um, obviously born 91 years ago, but, but give us a bit of a history and, and who you are, where you fit into the South African landscape, because um, okay. there's a couple of things that I've learned that, that I didn't know about you. What did you, what did you learn that you didn't know about me? Well, I, I learned that um, you are um, the older of twins, um, because uh, your brother, essentially, uh, your twin brother was born 19 hours after you were born. I had That's no correct. idea about That's that. Yeah, yeah, and sadly, passed away six years ago, my twin brother, seven yeah. years ago. Yeah, I know, sad, sad that. Um, but you guys, um, you know, give me a bit of an idea of where you came from in terms of, 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 of your life, because, um, you know, there's those people that would go, oh, the Croc brothers, everybody knows them, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Let me let me start from the beginning. My my mother came from Lithuania, and she arrived in South Africa. My father had come a year previously, and they conceived twins. But my mother did not know that my my that my twin brother was in was in her was in her womb still. And somehow, which after she gave birth to me on the twenty eighth of May, she discovered to her surprise that she was carrying another baby. And luckily there was some woman that could, my mother couldn't speak a word of English, so she spoke and understood, of course, Yiddish. And uh, she was told them, and then a, a very famous doctor, Dr. Gordon Grant, arrived to deliver my twin brother and with a 1929 Ford motor car, that was, and was black, that was the normal color for them. And they delivered my twin brother. My twin brother, A.B. always says, as younger person, you say, oh, he was a gentleman. He said, after you, sir. So I used to answer him, especially when we used to talk about it later. I said, well, I was brave enough to go and visit the new world, see, see if I could see if it was safe for you to come out. So, so that, that was that. But that, but that was 1929. 1912, although I was obviously a baby, 
was the year of the Great Depression. The world markets ca crashed. People were jumping out of the skyscrapers in America who had lost their fortunes. And that was the period. Then 10 years later, 1939, World War broke out with Germany, declared war. And I lived, and then I was 10 years old, and I recollect my late father begging his sister that lived in Lithuania with two kids. As a matter of fact, my, my, my father wouldn't marry my mother until my mother's brother agreed to marry his sister. He loved his sister. He begged, he begged, he begged his sister and husband and two little kids to come to South Africa. They said, no, we're doing okay in Rakishik. Rakishik was a, a small town in Lithuania near, near Latvia. And now they were doing it. And they, alas, were massacred. And, and, and when I visited um, the area in 1995, 1996, we had a tour guide. The first thing the tour guide says, we're not listening. It's the Russians. The Russians allied with, with the uh, Nazis to massacre the people. And, she, and I remember that tour where she took us with her at the, at the feudal lord. And the feudal lord lived on a hill with two, two rivers Float, floating on the side of his house. And she said, this river here was red with blood, the way they massacred the Jews and, and, and shot them and, and that way. That was a traumatic story. So I lived to hear that in 1939. Then I was fortunate enough, 10 years later, 1948, the establishment of the, establishment of the State of Israel, and there I was already a younger man. And then what happened 70 years later? The tide of anti-Semitism rose around the world and the hatred and anti not only that, the anti-hate of, of in America, a country that's democratic, free, where people flow, flow, made the beeline to go to, to uh, America, are now also becoming an anti-racist group, not only for Jews, but for Muslims and other people too. That's the world I've lived in. But And then in 2020, I've survived. I've survived to see this corona epidemic that shut down the world. The most, I mean, it's just, not, it's not believable that I should be so privileged to live to 91 years and, to, and see the coronavirus. As a matter of fact, I had a, a grandfather that I've never met. My mother's father came out to South Africa. He succumbed to the, to the Spanish flu between uh, in July 1919. It that killed about 50 million people, according to the records. So I'm around and safe, and please God, right now, I'm blessed. I've got good health, and I'm looking to, I'm, and I'm active, although I might be locked down, I'm active, thinking all day, talking about business. But I came across, I came across the poverty-stricken world, and I'm amazed at, and, and actually surprised at the, at the humanitarian aid that people from all walks of life in South Africa gather together to create teams, clans, what you call them here, and to collect food and deliver, deliver them to the, to the townships, is that. But look, the, the need the need is also amongst the white with this white population that are poor. Anyway, so I, I think, I, when, when this was happening, I was so 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 incredibly impressed. But then I said to myself, and I said to Adrian Gore from Discovery Bank one day, so now I'm, I'm worried about something. The poor were poor before the COVID and needed help. The poor are going to remain after the COVID and, and they need help. So so I got thinking, and Adrian Adrian challenged me. Said, why don't you work with your age? You're 91 years, you're going to be 91 years on December, the, on May the 28th. Why don't you take a challenge to walk? He said about 400, kilom 400, meet 400 meters times 91, which is 36 kilometers. So I said, well, at first I thought I was crazy. I've never walked in my life. I've never run in my life. I've never been to a gym in my life. 
I've done recently, I've done a bit of exercise with a, with a, with a bikinetist. So anyway, I accepted the challenge. It was very tough in the beginning. And fortunately, I live in a street called Winston Lane, and there's a, an enclosed area between the streets. And the, from, the, from the enclosed gate to the bottom gate, which closes up the, the street in Hurlington Road, um, we measured the distance, and my son started encouraging me. The distance, the distance I need to do six of those laps, or, or three round laps, to achieve one kilometer. And, I, and the first day he took me out there, I was just... I was just aghast. As I got halfway, and each lap is 170, 170 meters. As I got halfway, so oh my God, can I make? It? Then I saw the distance, the distance to the next gate wasn't that far. So I mindset myself that I've got to do things. And the business lesson I want to tell people, or even in lifestyles throughout the world, life, life, whether you're not in business with your cannabis, sometimes you must start off small. You must take baby steps to get to your first goal. Or you must only bite off and chew what you can. And that was amazing because if I had to go further than 170 kilometers, I don't think I would have reached the target. I don't think I would have been mindset to continue this program. But every time I got there, I said, oh, it's only that step. And it's an amazing thing what I've achieved now. The other day I did four kilometers. Because as I get as I get there and I say, oh, it's on a return. Oh, and then slowly, there's two out of six. I need, and then I get two, three. So what I'm saying generally, people should have to do baby steps, should take steps, steps, small steps. To even, even great businessmen should do that and then grow from that, grow from accelerating your, your progress. And this I, came as a conclusion to me how I managed to do this walk now. So I've got to complete 91 by next Tuesday, next Thursday, and I'm now, I'm now doing about, I've done about 65. So I'll need a probably Wonderful. another 26. Wonderful stuff. Um, when we come back, we are talking to an absolute, to my mind, a legend, somebody that uh, I feel very privileged to have a chat to, and I and I feel is, is an amazingly inspiring man. Sally Cock, when we come back, we'll chat some more. I want to chat a little bit about uh, what he's done in his life in terms of business, because a very humble man he is. We'll be back in just a bit. Right, and we're back. It is What's Involved, and uh, my special guest that I'm chatting to, um, Solly Crock. Solly, uh, I think it's fascinating what you're doing, and, and I think it's, a, it's an incredible challenge that you're undertaking. Um, but this is not the first challenge uh, that, you, that you've had in your life. I mean, you, you've established uh, some, some pretty impressive businesses through your life, and you, you've come from a very humble beginning. Talk to me about that. Well, let me say, I, I grew up in a family where my father was entrepreneurial. He had, a, he had a trading store south of Johannesburg called, in the area called Regent's Park, south of the City Deep Mines. It was mainly a mining town. And my father used to tell me, I drilled into my, myself and my brothers, rather, 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 be, rather be an entrepreneur and your own business, even if you earn half that, half that sum of money, Rather than work for work for a, a company or a boss and be your own boss, so that drilled into me. And I recollect even like that today. I remember when my twin brother and I we went to Forest High School. We lived in the south of Johannesburg. That I we remember we had a teacher. I think her name was Mrs. McGregor, and she said to my brother and I, because we were in the same class, she says, "What are you going to do when you're big?" So I remember my brother and I saying, "I don't know how we said it, why we said." I know we would like to open a factory to bottle cosmetics and medicines and products. So that lingered in the back of our heads. So when my twin brother qualified as a pharmacist, and I did accountancy, 
My brother was indentured to a chemist called Henry Moss. In Wondrous Street, James McNeil, and the street flowing from that North Street, where he had a chemist shop, was a, was a pathway from the Alexander bus rank to the Johannesburg station. Thousands of thousands of commuters, black commuters, would walk on, on that street. So my brother always used to quip, because around the corner from the Wonder Street Pharmacy, where my brother worked for Henry Moss, there was the, was the Transvaal's offices, in, I think it's in Plain Street. And my brother said, and the editor was for Wood. So my brother used to always quip, when he used to deliver prescriptions to these officers, if he knew what he was going to turn around, he might have, he might have delivered rather poison. <laughs> that was his comment. <laughs> and then, and then what, what happened is my Henry Moss was a musician. He had a wife and he managed had a child. They had one baby, and then he said he can't manage the second chemist shop. It was called Devon Pharmacy in in the in, in the North Street. So so we're entrepreneurial. I had a I had a savings. We had a savings. We had a. I had a savings in a in a book. I'd saved that from my measly pay at the county office. I think it was three pound a month or so at one time. I'm talking about in, in 1944 or something, or even before. And so we saved that, and we called that we called that book twins twice as good, because because my brother and I have pictures when we were twins. You cannot believe it. Incredible looking to us, long hair. And my mother says. People used to run often. We were wheeled in the pram. So we used we used that double photograph of the twins of my brother and I to put in behind some of our product ranges. And the first product we started doing in the, in the chemist shop. Um, oh, oh, incidentally, let me just come back. It was called Devon Pharmacy. It was uh, Henry Moss had started a range of pharmaceutical products and mixtures, and he was marketed while the Hawker chains we offer Hawkers thing. To buy the brand, go and sell it for the own account. So that was like the core of what we took up. So we took over his business, and immediately we had we had like a, a basis of what to do. We had a, mainly mainly what he's producing in that little chemist shop was was pharmaceutical pharmaceutical mixtures on that. And I remember one of the products. Anyway, so what happened was, but what happened next to our chemist shop was an optician. His name was Super. Around the corner from the chem around the corner from New Street in, in Delver Street was an optician called Rosenberg. And they wanted to compete in the skin lightening market, which was a raise a big raise, a big huge seller in South Africa at the time. The major sellers was Kadu Creams and Butan, and they wanted to do that. So they, they had a pharmaceutical company outsourced the outsourced the manufacture of what they called a, a, a night cream and a day cream. And that was they, they used a come down remember called Sana Production. I don't know if they still exist. So and so what happened is Rosenberg and Super coined the name Super Rose from the name Super hyphen with a rose in the middle and Rosenberg the further part of his name and that became Super Rose. And then somehow then when we came along because we were quite aggressive, they just they didn't they just didn't know how to market the product at all. So we bought the product and we paid them. A, we committed to pay them a thousand pounds. It was pensions and pensions. We committed to pay them a thousand pounds. And even jokes, Selma Super emigrated to Los Angeles. He said to my son, your father still owes me a hundred dollars, hundred pounds of that of that thousand pounds deal. I can't remember that, but that's obviously a joke. So now, 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 the, now the, how do we compete? The marketplace was flooded. And also we had, a, in the chemistry, we had a feel what, what the consumer wanted to buy. 
and they would often come into the shop because the, 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 the custom and 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 the the mindset that, that they got to use a cream to be lighter because if they lighter they could get on more in this in the apartheid world and be accepted more and they would all and and, and when we worked in the shop and and, and um, supplied these um products we saw the the trend what was going we'd really just bought the super rose range of products although it wasn't a great range at that stage and we discovered that they would have choice a customer would walk in there, they would buy Karoo Creams, which is a huge seller. It was owned by an Afrikaans family that in Middleburg. But it was an incredible seller. But it was mercury-based, the, the formula, mercury-based. But the, the customer would walk in it and buy a night cream, which you'd call that with a mercury-based night cream, and would buy a vanishing cream. For example, they would mix and match. If you'd buy Karoo Creams, they would use Pond's vanishing cream. And Pond's vanishing cream was for the for the daytime. And the Karoo Cream, no, no, for the daytime. Kuru cream was for the for the daytime and the, and the um, vanish cream was for the nighttime when they cleansed off their face. So we up we up again. Then there was another competitor called Butan. The Aramban family owned that. It's a second seller. But the, but you got no idea the size of the market. So how can we compete? And we're adventurous. We started getting a lot of hawkers. We guaranteed the hawkers sales. If you can't sell, we had a booklet made. If you can't sell, we'll exchange you what you can sell. And then also started. Because those days with the apartheid world, hawkers and travelers were scared to go out of their zone in case they get arrested. Because I used to see it with my own eyes. These, what did they call the black mariah team to cars from the police come up and just load them. Anyway, so I used to sign and go to the post office in, in Delver Street in Johannesburg and sign hundreds of passports when we created, and we created a certificate to give the, okay, to give the make it He's got 40 minutes, Martin. I've been interfered by my son. He thinks I'm not talking quick enough. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, so, you guys are so fine. You know what? I'll, I'll be the first one to say when time's up, but we, okay, we're doing okay, fine okay, at the okay. moment. Okay. okay, great. So what happened was that the um, we, we, we knew the trend. Now, also, to save money and to do things, I used to attend auctions. I, must, I, I got the habits from my late father. He used to attend the auction. And one day he said, you better be careful when you attend. Because he attended once an auction and he bought a huge parcel of shoes. When he brought the shoes back to the house, he got a shock. They were all left foot shoes. So he learned a lesson from that. Not sometimes to, explain, to inspect the product that you're buying. Anyway, so I had the habit to go to auctions. So one day I used to go to auction to buy shelving shoes. Uh, not shoes, we went to shoe, but by shelving, second-hand motor cars for delivery, et cetera, et cetera. So I got an auction one day, and, and I think it was AG North at the time that came, it was the company from America, that, 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 and, and, and no, AG North was a South African company that, that had license to market Pons Vanish Cream and other products in South Africa. So I went to that auction one day, I went to that auction one day, and I, 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 I acquired a mixed bag of toiletry items and lotions. When we searched through the lotions and that, we found a liquid lotion with an FDA formula that says, you put this on, it helps helps your complexion. And then we looked at it and we looked at it. We said, oh my God, this could be a... So we used that. We, My twin brother adjusted the formula and we called that super rose pimple and, pimple and complexion lotion. Now, how do we market? How do we compete with, with the giants of the industry at that time? And I don't know how we came up to this formula, 
but we realize that we have to piggyback, and this is a lesson that listen. sometimes you can piggyback against a successful product. The, per, the perfect example right there is a cell phone. People are making huge money by creating add-ons for the cell phone, especially wallets and et cetera. So what did we do? Somewhere in, in we, we reformulated the night cream and the day cream. And we had a double soap for day, a day soap and a night soap. But we, and we, we learned two things we did, two things. What we said was, every time you use your favorite cream, we didn't knock the opposition, cleanse your face with superas and pimple lotion. We didn't, we didn't knock the opposition. A lot of people make the mistake knocking the opposition. We wanted to piggyback on the success of them. So in other words, if every time a guy bought bought a, a Karoo cream or a Pons Vagin, we said, use, so cleanse your face night and day with superpopulation. And then also what we did near the Alexander bus rank and the station, we decided to give out thousands and thousands of samples and the samples created an addiction. And then, and then we knew we had a breakthrough when the late Louis, Louis Schill's father in, in Whitbank, Whitbank ordered a hundred dozen. I've got a shock on my life. And I took the car and I went to visit them. I visited to see what he was doing. And that, from that day onwards, we created an incredible product that dominated the market. We had about 95% of the market. And, and, and the lotion was a great, great seller. Later on, later on, years later on, there was a, the apartheid regime and the pressure was put on them. It was a properly FDA-approved formula, and we were forced to close that product. But the lesson I'm trying to give here to people is that, is that people in today's age, with, with particularly with the digital world, you can get 1% of the international market, a half percent, you can have a great business. You're no more confined to working working from home and, and the doorstep down the road for you. You can attack the world market and, and organizations like Amazon and others will deliver the goods for you. Sometimes you can do deals with them with age. You can deliver them from yourself. So it's another world of marketing today. So I, I'm not quite clued up with the, with the new world of marketing, but I believe, and my lesson yet is, don't be afraid of opposition. If you fail, get up from the floor. If you're a boxer, get up and come for the count. And I think you could succeed in today's world. But you have to have a positive approach to business. You have a mindset. You mustn't be scared of failure. And if you don't try, how do you know? How, you, how are you going to know if you're not? Unfortunately, so many people are just frightened of. No, it's been done before. That's the question. It's been. It doesn't matter if you do a better job. So my, my lesson is, please, if, if you if you have a product that makes sense, and sometimes you can piggyback it on a on an existing brand, you, you can win on that subject stations. And and also I, I also say in, in in commodity items or lotions and that offer samples. Samples is some of the best way to get a market get a share of a market. Wonderful stuff, Sully. It's it's so fascinating chatting to you, and, and just to think back through those. Those times and, and, and the things that you've lived through and what you've done. Um, I know I sort of grew up around the, the cosmetics world. My dad used to work for um, a company called Cheese Brapons in those days. Um, so with, with your talking about the Pons Vanishing Cream, I know exactly what you were talking about there. Um, absolutely fascinating. When we come back, though, um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this uh, this project that you've got going and specifically about um, the 108 million, because it, it sounds like a strange number. So when we come back, we'll, we'll have a little bit uh, more of a chat with Solly. It is what's involved. And uh, we've got my special guest uh, celebrating, as we're recording this, celebrating his 91st birthday. We'll be back in just a bit. And it is what's involved. We're back. My special guest, uh, uh, Solly Crock, joining us. And we, we're talking about... Uh, the fascinating life that he's led, and I don't, 
I don't really want to gloss all over gloss over this, but I mean, you 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 and your brother were responsible for for the construction of the apartheid uh, museum as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was the I was the main creator of it. Yeah, and 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 then of course the Gold Reef City complex as well. You've you've certainly been around the business world, and I think um, you've done some some incredible stuff. And you've you've also you know you, you've been quite vocal over the years in and particularly going back in time um, in terms of the, the anti-apartheid movement. I mean the old the old uh, our old government. You know you you weren't the best of friends with them, um, but but we've we've moved on. Let me just tell you a story about that particular. It just reminded me. We, we, we had a product called Mary King. We acquired the rights from America for a company there. And to market, it was a, it was a cosmetic range. So we we decided to, to air it on, 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 telev on television. And uh, So we hired Annalyn Creel. She was Miss South Africa at that period. And Patrice's, Patrice Matsepe's elder sister, she had one Africa South. The so we decided to put them both on a TV slot, marketing. They were talking about marketing, marketing a range of Mary King cosmetics. At the time. It was a range originally from America. And you cannot believe the chaos we called in the, in the, in the government and the police. and the, How dare we break the apartheid by mixing a white girl with a black lady and to market the product that way. And eventually we had to withdraw the, 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 the TV ad. But that's the type of thing. But we 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 broached a lot of apartheid laws. I used to employ people, especially, especially members from the Italian firm, and give them licenses to, to operate a, a, a toiletry store around the country. So we did that bit of that that type of thing, approach because although obviously I lived here, but I was a totally anti anti apartheid world. But of course, yeah, after I, I, some of Sorry. Yeah, I, I imagine you know. I mean, you you you, you are of, of of the Jewish uh, of the Jewish faith. You're of Jewish extraction, and you've seen the kind of hatred for the Jewish people over the years. And obviously, when you came to South Africa, you were like, no more, none of that. Well, no, it's, it's always existed. I remember my father shop in Regent's Park. And the Afrikaners, they, they loved my father because he began speaking their languages. When my father, in the 1967 war, when Israel conquered, conquered the territory against all the Arab countries around it, my father used to brag and say, well, you see what we Jews did? Look how we routed the enemy. Look how we got. So the, you know, I, remember, I remember to this day, one of the Afrikaners said, Mr. Kroc, God immenses New Yorker. Those people aren't Jews. Hello, Israelis. <laughs> They were separate, but the Jew, the Jew was perceived never to be able to be a fighter to fight back. So that's what the, yeah. that was the culture. But I must say that Afrikaners generally liked the Jews. They would have a Jewish doctor, they have a Jewish lawyer. They, they, they just said <laughs> a Jewish lawyer. Yeah, they, they accepted. But but even if you take the area where I lived, it was Augusta Road. All the trading operation on campus butchered down. Other than one one Greek that had a cafe. And the Portuguese gone because the Portuguese at the time dominated the fruit and vegetable shops. But that, that's the atmosphere we came from. Yeah, wonderful stuff. So talk to me about the 108 million rand that yes, you want to raise. Why 108? That was because uh, I was using the, uh, in, in the Jewish language, the word chai, C-H-A, stands for 18. And 18 for chai means life. So I wanted to bring in the life, the, 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 the life angle. People should live. You've got to understand, life is for the living. The dead. The, but let me tell you how I got to this idea. Um, I was amazed and, and, and surprised and 
honored to be part of the South African Jewish community, but not Jews and, and, other, and other members of the community, when they started forming teams, what they called clans, to pull together groceries and food items and then deliver them to the townships to the poor. And of course, when the advent of COVID, there became a mushrooming of, of unemployment parties. So you had, you had 20, 30, 40 different little teams and clans providing food items. So I said to myself one day, and I spoke to Adrian Gorbach, I said, you know, it's worrying me. The poor were poor before the COVID. They're going to remain poor after the COVID. We have to do something for the long term. And said, of course, we're going to do something long term. Then somehow talking and talking, eventually I, can't, I, was, I, was, I, was, I sent a note to my daughter about this project. My daughter, most of my kids live overseas. She lives in London with some kids. I said, you know, I don't know, the poverty that's going to, that's a showing. We've got, we've got to do something to keep the wolf away from the door. So my daughter shouts, that's the name you should call your program. So that's why we call it, keep the wolf away from the door. What a surprise me and amazed me. So many people don't even know what that means. But that's what we did. So, so what we did was, then what happened was, I started working on plans and that. And then I decided that I must partner with two groups. Group one is African Ticon run by Mark Lubner. That, that's got three of them. And they've got quite a big budget. They, they raise about 150 million rand a year to execute their budget. And, and, and then I said, to, I said to myself, oh, what, 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 what really is the mission statement of keep the wolf from the door? I said, people are poor. We've got, to teach, we've got to teach people, and it is being done in South Africa, teach people how to farm, how to have home industries, and create. And that, that thought based, that mission statement based on a famous rabbi, an incredible sage, world known, including in the Muslim world, nine, lived 900 years ago. His name was Maimonides. He's quoted all over the world. And his motto and quote was, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man how to fish, you feed him for his lifetime. So that became the motto and the, and, and, and the mission statement of keep the wolf from the door. So our plan is to raise funding to, A, at this stage, probably of the, assuming we raise the total that I'm talking about, but that total doesn't have to be raised in one week. It can take a year or two years, the total I'm talking about, is what we, what we probably will apportion the immediate requirements. So if, if, if X amount of money, a million dollars, for example, is raised, we think about 65 to 70% will probably go to immediate food, camp, food campaigns, properly structured and monitored, and the balance will go to train people how to plant, how to, how to become sustainable on their own. Even, in, in, even, if from, even if we succeed with 10% to convert the poor to, to be sustainable and have their own income streams, we, we'll have succeeded. That's a major task, but we have to teach people to fend for themselves. As a matter of fact, one of the campaigns that uh, African Tikkun does also, in, in some of their campaigns, they ask the recipient for a small, also to pay some small token, maybe 10% of the value of the food. Because it's, it's one of the dangers of, of giving charity when you, you create a precedent and the recipient will expect that every month they won't even bother to go out and work. So there's a balance how to give people the poverty, how to manage it, and how to educate them to find their, find that way to make their own living. It is what's involved. My special guest is Solly Croc. We'll be back with more of Solly in just a bit. It is what's involved, and we're back with more of Solly Croc. Solly I remember Croc. that uh, that uh, one of my mentors uh, said to me quite a few years ago, he said, I must always remember there's a very big difference between giving somebody a hand up and a hand out. 
And I think that that is so true in what you're saying is, is we, you're looking with this project to give people a hand up so that they can become self-sustained. Not, not, not even a question. And I'm fortunate that the, the part of that that's experiencing this is a doctor, a professor, Dr. Rudolph. And as a matter of fact, his wife has created a whole jingle and a musical jingle that we'll start playing to excite people to be part of this program. But but it's true. It's true. Sometimes I don't know. People are, I don't know. If people are lazy or just accept. So I think the program that we even how to how to execute it. But you know you you know, you know people ask me what are you going to do? I say in life you're going to do three things: execute, execute, execute. Because there are thousands of patents in the world and 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 and, and, and trademarks that are lying that in the patent offices, the lawyers of the world have never seen the light of day. And that's because you have to execute, execute, and execute. And also, I just want to make one, one other comment here is that I was once asked, I once asked a rabbi, what should I teach my children? And he said, three words of pearls of wisdom. Example, example, example. And what I'm trying to say, I hope I can be an example to the rest of the world, to all the listeners today, of having the mindset and the positivity to, to live your dreams. And you've got to visualize, you've got to visualize success and your dreams will come true. Well, I think that is some very, very sage advice. Um, now, you, you're looking, Sully, on the 4th of June, I believe, um, to, to complete your, your, your milestone, your, your last walk of, um, uh, of, of the distance. You said you were going to be walking, but you're going to have some business leaders with you as well. Um, that, that you're going yes, to be we've walking. invited some of uh, my coordinators invited. Uh, we've got Adrian Gore coming. We've asked uh, Patrice Motsepe. I'm not quite sure of the final list. Because also there's been lockdown. Can we come with, could we, you know, this whole thing has been conceived three and a half, four weeks ago. This never existed. This whole campaign hasn't just, and it's already going viral around the world where my children in America and others have started sending out, uh, sending out tear sheets on and, and press reports. So it will get a life. And I know it's, it's a hell of a target that I'm, that I'm trying to achieve. But in dollar terms, it's only $6 million in dollar terms. But, uh, but also, up, up, we're up against a major disadvantage, is that the so-called wealthy of the world today have become poor. They have their own properties, they don't get the renting, they can't pay the mortgages. It's a major difference today, but it's a challenge. And the challenge doesn't have to be achieved overnight. I didn't say I'm going to have it in one way. If it's overachieved over a year, I'll be grateful. But there are heavy hitters, net worth people. But my, one of my, my uh, campaigns, look, in all life, it's at the 80-20 rule. I believe 80% of our funds will come from corporates or m uh, wealthy people. So I'm going to, I'm going to start marketing. And I haven't even told my committee yet or the teams who are now helping me that I want, I want to base everything on my 91 years. So I want 910,000 rand, rand from wealthy people around America and England and other parts of the world, which is only $55,000. I know it sounds low, low, but I'm sure that I'll achieve that. But it's going to take time, hard work, and a lot of marketing, a lot of marketing efforts. And Sorry, I have now, no and doubt. I'm going to excite the world that I've got to continue walking. Johnny Walker yes. walking. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you know what I think, Sully, and, and particularly in South Africa, I have no doubt that you're going to achieve this 108 million rand. But I think um, just if we look at South Africans and how in times of crisis we pull together as South Africans and, and that racial divide seems to slip away. I think you're going to find a lot of 
Um, normal, everyday people going, look, I can't give a lot, but I'm going to, to, to make that donation as well. Um, is, there, is there a website or something that people can go yes, to? Yes, they, um, they, they created a website and a Facebook page. The, the, the website is www.keepthewolffromthedoor.org. Keepthewolffromthedoor.org. Okay, brilliant. And that's got all the, because I know you've got some, some details about where people yeah, can actually that, make that deposits. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, where's my tissues? <laughs> okay, I'm just sneezing, young man. Give me a minute. <clears throat> ah. Okay, I've sneezed. You, I'm back. I'm back for your attention. <laughs> It's wonderful. I love it. I love it when, when, when I get called young man. It makes it makes me feel young again. Thank you, Solly. Okay, David, let me just tell you also what we really innovative that I did. We did some major, major fundraising programs. We did a thing called the mock wedding where my brother and I acted, and that was done by those famous people that oh, I remember John that. Brickle, John Brickle and um, I forgot the other guys now for a minute. What was the name, Martin? We did that show 19 times, and every person had it. What I did there, the clever part is we invited all businessmen, top businessmen, to act as pole holders and that. And my brother, and that, of course, we had alcohol. That was an incredible success story. We did another thing called Million X. So what we did, we tried to create things with them. Million X was a, a mock share price when the shares were out, and we had the cheek then to raise to ask for a thousand rand. I'm talking of 38, 40 years ago, uh, to, to ask for a thousand, and also a company, the mock wedding stage we had, we sold advertising with caricatures, and we charged also a thousand for the caricature. So we did something, things that, 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 but also what I think we did, we inspired other people to create programs for collecting for charity, and of course we supported the charity. I mean, we funded most of the production of those stuff, but thank God it was successful. We only stopped the million next, but even the government kept. Kept a shut eye when we we lent that was a type of raffle the the, uh, the million next we used to draw the prizes we only stopped that when the, when the, the lottery in South Africa became legal that program wow okay so um, you're going to continue walking I'm going to let you go now to enjoy the rest of your birthday Solly thank you so much for taking yeah, the time I'd out appreciate too. if you make if you'd make an appeal so let Solly keep the wolf from the door. Please <laughs> dig deep and give a contribution. And if we, and there's a South African tax break also. So please do so. We'll try and get you the information. Thank you very much. Give me the opportunity to talk to you. Wonderful stuff. Sully, you enjoy your day. Remember, it's uh, keepthewolffromthedoor.org. Um, we're going to be talking about it on, on Mix FM. Uh, all the details are there, and we do make this appeal. Help Sully to keep the wolf from the door. Can I get, a, can I get a recording of this? Absolutely. What we'll do is we'll send something through to you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. Keep well. Keep well. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye.